0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: Dead center of the work week. Right in the middle right now with two nights and two hours behind us and two nights and two hours ahead of us (laughs) so as we tick away the minutes in this third hour on our hump show we get closer to the weekend which is good now these are all working weekends uh it's just it's october and there's no way around it really um and it's funny because people ask me people who don't know my schedule they may know what i do for a living but they don't get how intense it is in the fall and that you really work six and a half days a week and so they'll they'll ask me so what are you doing this weekend My niece, my younger niece, oblivious. She knows what I do for a living, I think. She knows I do radio. I don't know that she understands what I talk about, really. Maybe she could tell you sports, but (laughs) I don't mind. I like that my family mostly doesn't pay any attention because they're not big sports fans. Anyway, so my niece always says to me, what are you doing this weekend? And she'll text me on a Sunday. What are you up to today? (laughs) Well.
3: (laughs) Oh, nothing.
2: Yeah. So the other 36 hours that I have uh, on weekends in the fall are generally spent doing housework and yard work. Uh, Just not super fun. I was actually lamenting to... Know who I was talking to, a friend, or I don't think it was my mom. She gets most of my venting, so maybe I give her a, a break. But I was lamenting to a friend that I feel like I can't keep up. It's it's uh it's nonstop. But I always feel overwhelmed in October. That could be a hashtag. Overwhelmed in October. I always feel overwhelmed in October, so I try to go day to day and just take take some moments to wash dishes. Uh, that makes me feel calmer and makes me feel like my entire life isn't out of control i know that sounds crazy but it having a clean kitchen does it or the lawn being mowed or actually the last few days since i planted my baby grass seed um, it's been taking the 15 minutes to water my front lawn um walking the dog very often these days i walk the dog without my phone it, it, it's really the only time during the day, except for when I'm sleeping, that I don't have my phone because constantly the phone is blowing up and there's games and stuff to follow. Uh, so yeah, October can be overwhelming. And so I otherwise keep a to-do list, both a weekly and a long-term. And I just don't beat myself up over the stuff that I don't get done. Instead, recognizing that this is the busiest month of the year, and it won't last forever. And there's pumpkin s'mores. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. I'm not a big Halloween fan, so if you have any questions about Halloween there, I mean, I'll answer them. I could tell you my funniest costume ever, <laughs> but I'm not a big Halloween fan. This year on Halloween weekend, though, I will be seeing Jaws for the first time. And the reason I'm doing it, it's not just that I randomly picked that movie, but I'll be seeing Jaws for the first time because I have tickets to a performance of the New Jersey Symphony Orchestra as they play the Jaws soundtrack and the movie airs on a big screen in the auditorium. I did this with Star Wars. It was actually my last event that I went to before everything shut down in early 2020. It was February of 2020, and it was a concert, and I went to see, it was Return of the Jedi, and it was in the same auditorium in Newark, New Jersey, and it it was amazing. With the John Williams score being played live on stage by these professional musicians, I mean, I generally cry at the end of Return of the Jedi anyway because it's 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 part of my soul. Uh, but I cried so much during the movie not because I was sad, but because it was so moving to hear the music that I've I love and probably could could uh, recite most of it. Right, I know exactly what what scores and what themes go with which scenes. Anyway, to hear the New Jersey Symphony Orchestra play it while I was watching one of my favorite movies of all time was really powerful. Um, And I do love live symphony orchestra uh, music anyway. And so now, I don't know. I've never seen Jaws. I've seen parts of it, of course. I know the iconic mechanical shark. uh, And maybe it will look a little odd in 2022 because it's, such old technology but I still I still enjoy the original Star Wars trilogy even though that's very old technology too it's not CG so to speak so I'm looking forward to seeing jaws for the first time I don't know if I'll be scared probably you can spook me pretty easily in fact it seems like almost every night here at work I'll come around a corner or and I'll nearly run into someone and ah and there's like no one in the building or I'll have my head down taking notes in the side studio when I'm listening to audio and Jay will walk in and start talking. And, ah! I didn't know he was standing there. So I get spooked pretty easily. That does happen. Yeah. There's a mannequin right now out in our newsroom. I have no idea why there's a mannequin. I don't really care why there's a mannequin. I just know the mannequin moves around and every single time I walk by the mannequin, I think it's a real person.
3: Every time. It's and, way too lifelike.
2: Yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely I think, scary. I think it's sentient. It's what? Sentient. Oh, you do? do you? I
3: think it's possible. It moves around, it's got expressions, no, it's Boomer got emotions. throws
2: it around. Boomer hates that thing. <laughs> I,
3: I think everyone hates it. Let's he get rid beats, of
2: that. it. It could be a punching bag, actually. It should be. Just go ahead and take aim. Ready, aim five. I might de- deliver a round kick into its say, face. Can we kick it? Oh, I, I definitely think that's a great idea. So Jaws uh, probably will spook me a little bit and make me nervous, but mostly I can't wait for the music. Really excited about that. So see, I do have some plans in October. Oh, and my brother and sister-in-law, they're coming up next weekend. We're going to go hiking and go to the Great Pumpkin Festival. (laughs) Sounds like Charlie Brown. Yeah, I hope. That'd be great. I don't think it's the same thing, but it it is going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to it. So it's not all work. And But definitely these days, it's more work, which potentially makes me dull. And that's totally fine. It's worth it in October. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio and on Facebook. And then you can find us on Twitter, After Hours CBS. If you want to send your questions for Ask Amy Anything, you can do that easily, uh, either on Twitter or Facebook. I had no idea that people would be... Taken aback or surprised at my phrase, sometimes you're a windshield and sometimes you're a bug. You've heard that before, right?
3: Yeah, absolutely. That's
2: yeah, good one. Right, but a bunch of people are are responding to me after hearing it, and and clear they'd never heard it before. Are they laughing? Are they? Yeah, offended, no, they think or? it's they think it's great, but I didn't realize that phrase wasn't such common vernacular that pretty much everything everybody had heard it. It reminds me of sometimes when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade kind of a thing. Sometimes you're the lemon. Sometimes you're the lemonade.
4: (laughs) Yeah,
3: something like that.
2: But anyway, so yes, sometimes you're the windshield, which means you're large and in charge. And sometimes you're the bug, which means you're smashed on the windshield, on someone else's windshield. (laughs) Sometimes you're the shoe. Sometimes you're the bug. Same idea. People have heard that one. I mean, what if the bug's flying? How are you going to get it with your shoe? very
3: accurate. I guess maybe sometimes you're the...
2: Have you heard about the lantern flies? that are invading parts of the northeast
3: lantern not fireflies right are they
2: similar same same uh no family they're not similar in fact these are gigantic they're more like roaches than they are oh. flies oh and they're invasive and apparently they eat everything it, and i haven't seen one yet but people in new york and new jersey have and as other parts of the northeast so if you have had an experience with a lantern fly they have They're actually kind of pretty if you don't know what they are. They have polka-dotted wings. But apparently, if you don't kill them, and it's in the fall and the winter where they breed and they lay eggs, if you don't kill them, they eat everything. So you're supposed to kill them. If you see their little nests, not nests, but like, Eggs, egg sacks, whatever. Yeah. If you see them hanging on trees, you're supposed to knock it off the tree and stomp on it and kill it because they're very invasive. And once they start eating everything, there's nothing you can do. So they're
3: going They by. came
2: over from China, yeah. of course. Yeah, that's what I'm yes. reading right
3: here. Plant hoppers is a name, another name for them.
2: How much you want to bet that was on purpose too?
3: Well. <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway. They are a pretty
3: good looking bug though.
2: Well, right, until they eat everything. Yeah. And apparently this was just the beginning. They came over from China and they're expected over the course of this winter to be fruitful and multiply and just wreak havoc in the Northeast. Oh,
3: fantastic.
2: Like locusts. Have you ever... Locusts. Right. Not locusts. Wait. Lo- lo- locusts. Locust. I think locust. it's just locusts. Locust. Yeah, what What is a locusts? Locusts. Where did I get that from? I don't know. <laughs> locust. Yeah. Yes. Like locusts. Form of locust. Where some various parts of the country will go through these waves where locusts come in and they eat everything. Now it sounds like such a weird word.
3: Locust. It, does, it does. Locust. What are we right? I,
2: Locuses. I don't know where I got that word from. Anyway, so kill them if you see them.
3: We'll do. I, they're pretty big, but yeah. Sometimes I mean, you you're the
2: shoe. Sometimes you're the lantern fly. Yeah. Sometimes. No, I'm telling you, they look like roaches. Apparently, they're they're big. They, big. In fact, they they actually they jump at you. Oh. So I was at the nursery. For plants, not for babies. I was at the nursery two weekends ago, and the woman who was working at the nursery behind the counter, uh, a friend of mine was buying flowers. She said they will actually attack you. Like, they will jump at you, which, of course, would freak me out. I think that will freak me out more than Jaws. See,
3: that's why, you know, I don't deal with crickets, because they're just so spontaneous and sporadic, and they jump at you, and you just never know. So I feel like they're attacking me. So if it does anything like that, yeah, no problem. I'll kill those things right on the
2: spot. Isn't a locust similar to a cricket?
3: Yeah, they are similar, right? But crickets don't fly. Lantern Maybe that's the difference.
2: Fly. Yeah, they're spot. They're called spotted lanternflies, and they have red parts of their wings too. But no joke. If you don't kill them, they, yeah, they can be. They can. They go long distances. They're very invasive, and if they're allowed to spread, they eat absolutely everything.
3: Does any animal eat them, or is it just up to us?
2: That's a good question. I bet my cat would try. I'm sure. At the yeah. very least, she would rip off their wings. That'd be helpful. Sugar loves to play with bugs. She just play. She tortures them, including spiders, which I'm very thankful for. The cat drives me insane, but at least she gets the bugs.
3: Apparently, a stink bug is a is a foe. A foe. What does that mean? Like, a, they have found foes for the stink bug. Oh wait, maybe I'm reading this wrong. Maybe they kill stink bugs. I'm not sure if we have an animal that can kill them.
2: It says the spotted lanternfly is an invasive plant hopper native to Asia. So, yes, they do. In fact, it was first discovered in PA going back to 2014, so they've been around. But I guess now it's going to become a major problem, according to the Department of Agriculture. They can spread long distances by people who move infested material or items containing egg masses. Okay, that's gross. I like eggs, too, but not anymore. Ick.
3: these things are horrible. Just I reading know more about them. I'm telling they you, they attract other bugs. They attract stinging insects, yeah. ants, flies. What yeah, the? yeah, they're, what they're all not. these things.
2: And they're they're descending on parts of the United States. And if they're in the Northeast, at some point they're going to be everywhere. Locusts. They're going to be the t- the 2023 locust. Just what we need. Shoot, I don't know what to do. I, I'm going to be far more afraid of the lantern fly hopping at my face. Then I am gonna be afraid of a mechanical shark.
3: I don't know. <laughs> Seen jaws for the first time. I mean, there's definitely Do be Do people get eaten moment.
2: by the mechanical shark?
3: Uh, I cannot confirm or deny, but you're gonna have Just to watch it. Just come on, it. tell me if no. something gets eaten. I mean, it's a shark movie, so okay. you, you could kind of use your imagination.
2: But the movie came out in the 80s, right? Or even earlier I than that. I think it
3: was 70, actually. Okay, so. 75, something like that. Oh,
2: okay. Well, my mom would never let me see it when I was a kid even when it was on TV, right? So like at some point it was on TV, she would never let me watch it. And then I just kind of was like, eh,
3: what? There are some eh. moments where if you're younger, I mean, it's, it's more just a psycho, it's a psychological thriller, thriller. more than everything because huh. it's just- you're How not, old were you when you watched it? Oh, I don't know. Probably like 10-ish, 11, what? 12. I mean, I've seen that movie dozens of times. Did of my you have
2: movies. nightmares?
3: Uh, I definitely looked at the ocean a little different or was a, <laughs> <laughs> you know- It's the,
2: a giant mechanical shark.
3: Oh, I mean, you gotta see it. Is you're, it realistic? Yeah, it's a, it's a phenomenal movie. I okay. mean, the shark itself, in terms of, you know, holding up to date in CGI, no, it's not going to look like something you'd see today. But it's mm. it's classic. I kind of like it better for that respect. I appreciate the film that went into it.
2: Are you more afraid of a Great Whites or Shamu?
3: Oh, Great Whites, for sure. Interesting. No doubt. Although right. well, no, okay. no, I don't like Shamu.
2: I mean, he Chimu soaked me so once pretty. at world. He's so pretty. Never forgave him. He assaulted you?
3: Well, he soaked me. I was in the oh, splash zone. You. I didn't realize, I'm- and i well, was well, not trying to get Chilu's wet. Well, how is that fault? I don't know. They're
2: trained to get people wet in the splash zone. That's their training, you weirdo. I
3: needed better warning.
2: Oh, okay. you need to learn how to read. <laughs> That's
3: probably accurate, too.
2: <laughs> You're mad because you got soaked in the splash
3: zone. Yeah, I don't want to get wet. This freaking whale just whips his tail and I'm soaked. That's for the rest like of the day. getting
2: mad when a foul ball hits you in the noggin, even though there's signs at every seat that say beware of flying balls and bats that may come into the stands. I don't
3: know. I needed better I needed a better visual that I was gonna get that wet. I mean I can get it with a little wet, but I was like Splash the rest of the day. Zone. I don't know. I'll never forgive that whale, that's all.
2: All right. It's water. What's the worst that can happen?
3: I I was just wet. Ruined my day.
2: Clearly. Thanks, Shamu. Okay. Yeah, thanks, Shamu. Thank you, actually, Shamu. I think that's amazing. Uh, And I I don't know about Jaws. We'll see if I'm scared, but I'll have a full report come after Halloween weekend. It'll be November by then. Oh, it'll be November by then. Yes. Okay. So, huh. All right. Lantern flies, Jaws, Shamu, splash zone. Nothing to do with roughing the passer calls, so we'll get... We'll get to that coming up. And if you haven't sent your questions for Ask Amy Anything, Locusts, you can do that now on Twitter, A Law Radio, or on our Facebook page. Sue says vinegar is listed as an instant rem- remedy to kill lantern flies. Vinegar? I mean, I do, I clean with vinegar, white vinegar. Um, and we in my neighborhood, we have hard water, meaning it doesn't always rinse all the soap off or out. And so I put vinegar in my dishwasher. I guess I'm just gonna walk around with a spray bottle of vinegar. That'll work.
3: Does it draw them? Because I'm thinking about we got to draw them out first. We we'll get them all in the same spot. No, and then they're like not hiding.
2: They're not. They're not hiding. They're not intimidated. <laughs>
3: they're not intimidated. vinegar no. vinegar's gonna kill them. I don't know. I mean,
2: I have friends who've seen them already. I haven't seen them, but I've I know people who have. And I guess they're freaky and I creepy. Think we need and hard rackets, to kill
3: baseball bats. Ten whack them.
2: Yes, you're going to whack a tree with a tennis racket. That's going to work. No, I'm just going to whack it out good of Good idea. Sky. I mean, you are full of good ideas. Go sit in the splash zone and don't expect to get wet. I mean, that says all you need to know about Producer Jay on The Hump Show. It's
1: After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic. And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Sports Radio.
3: You are listening to the After Hours Podcast.
5: Brady, working from the gun. Brady retreats, looky, looky, here comes
1: Grady Jarrett! You shall not pass! Surely they didn't call slinging him down. This will be a horrendous call. This is
5: gonna be a horrendous call. They're gonna call Grady Jarrett for slinging down Brady on this sack. You will not see a worse
6: play than this call.
1: Right now, I feel uh, better and um, as far as being able to talk and communicate my emotions uh, <laughs> after during during the game after the game, I definitely wasn't in a good space to um, you know um, clearly and just like really get my thoughts thoughts across and and just you know just feelings and how, just how I was feeling because once it was just in li- like not a little but a lot of disbelief. But I mean, right now, man, just looking back on it, I mean, you no, know, I still um, you know I'm still kind of left clueless you know what i'm expected to do in that situation and you know it's just it's clearly a topic of discussion so i mean i'm not clearly not alone alone in the way i'm feeling and 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 it's just something that that just i I don't i don't know what's the (laughs) next step of action but uh but it's you know definitely unfortunate
6: this is after hours with amy lawrence
2: Grady Jarrett weighing in on the Grady Jarrett show in Atlanta, 680, the fan, after you hear the call from the game between the Falcons and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that was the Falcons' call. Um, And so, even though we can't assume that the Falcons would have rallied, as he points out, it was the denial of any opportunity. They would have gotten the ball back had roughing the passer not been flagged, and they at least... Would have had the chance. And at that point, the offense was in a bit of a rhythm. So, while it's not why they lost, and I do appreciate him saying that on NFL Network, it is disappointing because they could have had another opportunity. Now, in the case of the Kansas City Chiefs, the flag on Chris Jones, it sparked the fans who booed for what felt like an hour. And it certainly put a jolt of energy and extra motivation, electricity there in the stadium that also gave a jolt to the Chiefs themselves. And they ended up coming back. And in fact, Travis Kelsey said that was a seminal moment for us. It was a turning point for us. But Chris Jones is in the same boat as Grady Jarrett in that he's not sure what do you do. Maybe you have to come up with a different way to evaluate roughing the passer.
1: I think now uh, to evolve roughing the passer and protecting the quarterback is essentially what we're doing in this league we got to be able to look at roughing the passers in the booth because it's happening so fast maybe we can change that because now it's getting absurd you know what I'm saying now it's causing teams gains you know that was a fourth down stop on Grady Jarrett the team would have got the ball back and and you know who who knows what would have happened but for them not to be able to, to look at that you know, when you sit on videos, you know, you can, you know, and faster, when, when it's faster you on the field and happen that fast, you know, the ref, they might see something different. But when they're able to, like, look at the video and see that it's not rough in the past, a lot of these rough in the passers would be called back.
2: Yeah. The thing is, though, it's a judgment call, and we tried that already with past interference. And I didn't love it then. And I really don't love it now if you're involving New York, meaning if you're involving a group of officials who are going back and looking at it in slow motion and judging whether or not the flag should be picked up or should actually matter, and you're not on the game site, and you don't know how those officials have been calling the game. I just want consistency, and that's a problem when it's a judgment call, so I know uh, it's not easy, and it's clearly not what the NFL wants, that these roughing the passer controversies are taking away from the excitement about the games themselves. So a lot of people talking about it, not just Grady Jarrett and Chris Jones. We're even seeing guys on the offensive side of the ball weigh in about what do you do? How do you fix it? How do you tweak it? Josh McDaniels, now he's coach of the Raiders, so they had the benefit of that roughing the passer call against Chris Jones on Monday night
5: with the way they're protecting the quarterbacks now I mean it's such a tough call on the officials I mean um, I, I'm not sitting here saying that that was the right or wrong call I'm not I'm not getting into that I just say it again I just mean going Yeah I just I mean it's a tough thing to do I mean if you I mean we we talk to our pass rushers all the time about you know I mean now we're you know we're at the coach like when you're when you sack the guy you got to make the effort to roll off and um, you know, those are just those are things you didn't have to worry about. You know, five, six, eight, ten years ago, you know, where you just sacked the guy, you know, and just landed on him, and then, you know, there's some things obviously that happen to the shoulders and those kind of things. And but it's football, you know. So, um, I, I'm I kind of look. I like the opportunity to protect the quarterback as much as the next guy does because I think that that position is so unique and important to our league and our game. Um, I also understand the, the perspective of the defensive player. He's trying to make a hell of a play, and in many cases they do. They made a great play, and, you know, here we go, and now it's like, you know, they get penalized for something that, you know, uh, whether it was or wasn't, I don't know, you know, and it's, it's, a, it's a tough call on the officials. So, um, you know, I'm not in charge of those rules. Uh, we try to coach them the best we can, but I'm not, I'm not going to sit up here and say it's easy.
6: They tried to do that with pass interference a couple of years ago. It's tough because it's there's a, a big subjective nature to that call, and I don't know how much you can see objectivity in a slow motion replay. Uh, hmm. You know, look, as a quarterback, there's times where we feel like football players and times where we don't. You know, <laughs> there's and, and what I mean by that is football is a collision sport. It's a contact sport. And so when we're involved in those in those collisions, there's part of us, maybe it's the kid in us who grew up, you know, not necessarily playing quarterback, playing defense, playing running back, playing linebacker, tackling, you know, doing more of the stuff that everybody else in the field is doing every single time, not just, you know, dropping back and throwing the ball and not getting not getting hit every single player. There's something about that that I think we do enjoy.
2: Sure, if you're a football player, and, and this applies to offensive players, like Travis Kelsey loves to hit guys, loves the contact. He's not going to avoid it. Derrick Henry will stiff arm you into the middle of next week. A bunch of these guys will. They don't mind contact. In fact, some guys will tell you that they actually like it.
6: Build the beast.
2: <laughs> Love Travis Kelsey. I did not know till last week that he and his brother Jason have a podcast. You know, Jason is a special kind of crazy. And I mean that as a compliment. My favorite Life motto when it comes to relationships, find people in life who are your kind of crazy. I think Jason Kelsey might be my kind of crazy. He is wide-eyed and just very inspirational, but also very intense and has a unique way of looking at things. Anyway, I didn't realize they had a podcast till recently, but I might have to check that out. And so when you're talking about football players and Aaron Rodgers mentions that, yeah, there there is a part of us, even as quarterbacks, that need to feel like football players because it's not turning into a flag football game. It's still a part of the sport tackling and sacking the QB. So that's Aaron on the Pat McAfee show on Tuesday. And he actually has sympathy for defensive players what you're going to hear a lot over the next few days
6: it is tough to play defense you know the strike zones for tacklers has totally changed uh, you can't hit guys over the middle like you used to uh, and then policing the quarterback position is the number one thing and there's been multiple hits that have changed the course the direction of roughing the passer which makes it really tough we've been on the wrong side of uh, a few of those calls over the years that uh kind of looks similar to the play last night. Uh, I don't know. And again, I'm making a generalization here and just speaking for myself, though. But I personally uh, am not begging for those calls, for that call last night. Like, I don't know what else Chris Jones can do on that play.
2: I appreciate that so much. Now, it's easy to say when you're talking to Pat McAfee and not on the field and and you just got beat up. But you know who doesn't? Beg for calls all the time, and I do appreciate it. Matthew Stafford. He, uh, well, this past game, and actually this year, uh, it's been an issue. Maybe because Andrew Whitworth retired. But it's been an issue that their offensive line is relatively porous, and they're they're having a hard time protecting Stafford. He's under siege. And definitely against the Cowboys, who have a, a fantastic pass rush, he was under siege. He got beat to a pulp in their game on Sunday, and yet I don't recall that he was crying and begging for calls. Now, every now and then you'll see a quarterback, go, oh, what? And, and certainly that's kind of ingrained in you just in general to be like, wait a minute, but he's not one of those guys. And I would say there are – plenty of quarterbacks who fall into that category who aren't out there complaining. Uh, and in fact, you'll see some guys with Andrew Luck who at times did get me to a pulp who used to congratulate or, or say good job to the defensive player who would sack him. He was so nice that he would actually congratulate them on a huge sack.
3: Nice hit buddy. Yeah, yeah, I love those <laughs> mic'd up videos of him. They were the best.
2: Yeah. So that's kind of the chatter going on around the NFL. And if you missed it, A little while ago, I did mention that the NFL owners who will be in New York come next week for just kind of their latest round of owners meetings are expected to at least broach the topic of roughing the passer, though they're not planning, according to the Associated Press, they're not planning to make any in-season changes. And if you're wondering, because I was... According to the AP, now this is just what the AP sources told them, but according to the AP, the league did not tell its officials to scrutinize sacks more closely and hand out more roughing the passer penalties after Tua got concussed on Thursday Night Football. So you can believe it or not believe it, and certainly there are times when sources lie because they have an agenda But I was wondering that. Did the NFL make it a point of emphasis with its officials? Now, coming up later this week, we're scheduled to talk to a former NFL defensive back. Now, not a pass rusher necessarily, but certainly had to make a bunch of tackles. And I'll be interested to hear what he thinks and and his perspective on how you're supposed to wrap up a guy in tackle. Um, and then also, we're hoping, uh, Gene Steratore has been a guest on the show before, and generally when we reach him, he's all about setting up a time to talk to us. So I'm hoping that we'll have a chance to interview him next week just to get his perspective. And uh, we've heard a part of it from these former officials. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this is a tough call to make. It's a judgment call. And... There's no, by by definition, there's no right or wrong necessarily. You're just trying to decide whether or not it meets a standard. And that's going to vary from game to game and week to week. But that's the part that's frustrating, is it seems as though the standard is is becoming weaker and weaker, so to speak. All right, you got a couple minutes left to send your questions for Ask Amy Anything. So our show Twitter, After Hours CBS, or our Facebook page, that...
1: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
2: Is coming up next because it's the Hump Show.
3: You are listening to the After Hours Podcast.
6: This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence.
3: Time to ask Amy anything. Sort of. Can I-
0: Shy,
2: fire away! is it that time of the week again it means we're past the midway point and so thank you for sending your questions for asking me anything we've got people who are fixated on a couple of themes it seems like the last two weeks but that is not my department that is producer jay's department so I will let him handle. It's one of those things I do not micromanage. <laughs> Actually, I'm not a huge micromanager until it comes to audio. Then I tend to be a bit of a micromanager.
3: All right. Let's hop you, right into it. Uh,
2: you work that into the no, conversation? No, I, I'm
3: not. I'm, I avoided those ones. They're uh...
2: Micromanager?
3: Well, no, the, the questions that have been the reoccurring themes that oh, are got you. uninteresting. Yeah, we avoided those.
2: Uninteresting. Now, that's Jay's assessment, not mine. I don't know which questions he's referring to yet. But let's do some fun ones, like maybe new ones that we've never asked before.
3: Yeah, let's hop in some fun ones. Kent wants to know, <laughs> Amy, what, on. what is on top of your next reads list? Because you mentioned you always have a book.
2: Mm-hmm. My mom got me started on a new series that revolves around Jane Austen mysteries. Now, for those of you who know Jane Austen or know what she wrote, Pride and Prejudice, Emma, Sense and Sensibility, obviously there's an entire culture, an entire genre now of Jane Austen literature. And I just finished a series that uh, we're actually, we're done with some pretty impressive historical research based on Jane's uh, journals herself and her travels and what's been documented. And they're fiction, though. They were fiction. There were mysteries. there were murder mysteries. But they were done kind of as though it were Jane herself based on uh, the material that we have of her life. Well, now there's another series that I'm starting uh, which has to do with her various novels but a mystery that goes along with each one of them. So I can't help it. My mom and I love these. And then you're going to laugh, but I'm also going back to an old Legends canon Star Wars book. All the way back to right after Return of the Jedi when Princess Leia and Han Solo were planning to get married. All the way back to then. So I've never read the book, the one about their wedding. And so I'm going all the way back to it. I'm excited. I love the Star Wars fiction. It's in fact, a few years ago, a different producer, producer Tom suggested to me that I start reading the novels, the canon, uh, meaning the George Lucas canon, not the current canon. Um, but and I started on a vacation in 2000, I would say 17 and I, I haven't stopped since. I've been reading Star Wars fiction since then. I've probably read 30 different Star Wars books cuz cuz the way they do it is you as an author, you can propose uh, uh you can propose the type of uh, novel whether it's a theme, whether it's characters, everything has to be approved by the George Lucas canon or now by Disney. But you have to, so they give you creative license, but it has to be all within the framework of the story and the canon. Um, And so it's pretty amazing. And a lot of them include Easter eggs. Which, of course, are, like, I just read the Obi-Wan book that long ago. Oh, it was amazing. All the little nuggets from the movies that just geek me out.
3: Wow, I didn't realize that. So anyone could write a Star Wars book if it gets approved by the...
2: Yeah, I mean, it has to be within the confines of the canon. You can't go off and rewrite canon, Mm. Disney. But if you get approved, so you can submit a manuscript and they have to approve it. Wow, that's awesome.
3: Well, speaking of Star Wars, Larry says you always talk about how such a big Star Wars fan you are. He wants to know, are you also a fan of the Back to the Future trilogy?
2: Well, the first two, not the third one. Um, and I haven't seen them in years. But, yes, I did love Back to the Future. I remember I watched them over and over. Um, and I, I think that uh, Michael J. Fox was brilliant in those movies. Bueller... Bueller, I those Ferris Bueller's Day Off, but that's what I think of because of the, just the, that was the age of the movies, right? So they were so quirky and they were fun. And that's when I liked comedy. I don't like much of the comedy that's out anymore. I mean, yeah, sorry. That, that was my, those were movies like Karate Kid. That wasn't really comedy, but those were, those are some of my favorite movies of all time. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Star Wars, um... Certainly Back to the Future, some of just the iconic movies that came from the 80s and 90s. And I just, yeah, Tom Hanks, oh my gosh, Money Pit. But I just don't really like much comedy. Ever since Friends and Seinfeld, that's it. That was probably the last comedy that I enjoyed.
3: The 80s was the golden age of movies. There's no doubt. So good, so good. Uh, Gerald wants to know, any cool Amazon Prime purchases lately?
2: Windshield wipers.
3: Ooh, that's interesting. (laughs)
2: Okay, that's true. I did buy my windshield wipers because I could just order them again. I'd already picked them out on Amazon. Uh, I bought grass seed because I ran out. I used one bag and I needed some more for my backyard. Uh, and I also bought a pair of jeans on Amazon. Never done that before. They haven't arrived yet, so I got to see how they fit. And then, because I bought a pair of jeans, there was this really cute top that was suggested. And so I tried it. It got rave reviews. And it's now hanging in my closet. And it's really super cute. But I, I haven't worn it yet, but I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's adorbs.
3: Nice. That was good. That was a new, unique question. I like that one. Okay. Just sprinkle that in I every year. I do love uh,
2: Amazon for sure.
3: Uh, ready for this one? Oh, Steven. No. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Anthony wants to know, have you started your Christmas shopping yet?
2: No. Well, I have a few items I think that I'll be giving as Christmas presents or at least ideas. Some of them I'm actually going to make, not buy. Uh, This year, I think, like a lot of you, because of inflation and because of how much more we're spending at the grocery store, how much more we're spending at the gas pump. In the last week, the gas in New Jersey, at least in my area, has jumped 40 cents a gallon. And I know it's going up in other parts of the country. I just, I'm planning on either giving personal gifts or making things or um, being very frugal when it comes to shopping. I just don't have a lot of extra money this year. Again, I know I'm preaching to the choir for a lot of people who are listening. And so yeah, I haven't done any shopping necessarily. I'll do a lot of baking as I always do. And I have some plans because of the items that my uncle gave me after my grandmother passed away. There are some items there that I think members of my family will appreciate and will enjoy. So I'm planning on giving some of those away as gifts. Um just pers- more personalized gifts this year. Right.
3: Let's see here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't awkward. Cameron, I do like it when you're awkward, though. A
3: little bit. Cameron uh, asks, when it comes to your phone, do you keep it fully charged at all times or let it get low?
2: Uh, let it get to about— so Some people do this with their gas tanks, right? I wait till my gas tank is, my gas tank is bone dry before I fill it. Uh, but with my phone, eh, about 40%, I start to get nervous. You never know when you might need that phone or when the power might go out or when what, yada, 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 whatever. So it gets down to 40%, and then I charge. But wait. I don't ever let it get down— unless i'm on a trip or something and i just i haven't been able to charge it but for the most part once it gets to 40%, 35%, i start to break out in hives.
3: They do say though that it is good to let it die once in a while. It regenerates the battery. I think. Great. I don't know.
2: Okay. I don't i this new one maybe i mean the problem is i had a phone death with the last one. It yeah. died and never woke up again. Uh this was not Lazarus who was brought back to life, so i i don't know about how i feel about phones dying.
3: He even asks, what's your favorite song to play on your piano?
2: Ah, that's a good question. I love Amazing Grace. The chords are awesome, so I, I do love Amazing Grace. And believe it or not, Christmas music. Just because a lot of the Christmas music has really complicated, fun chords. And it's also cool to play songs that you know, because then you you can kind of uh, fiddle with them and, and give it your own little style. But yeah, if you're asking me any, any song that I need to sit down that gives me kind of peace and... And uh, it's fun for me to play that I enjoy it. I would say Amazing Grace.
3: Speaking of songs, Nancy asks, do you sing along to the seventh inning stretch Take Me Out to the Ball Game when you're at a stadium? A baseball stadium.
2: Doesn't everyone? Wait, is, uh, I thought it was... I do. Uh, it's against the law not to sing, I think. How do you How do you listen to an entire stadium singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game and refrain?
3: You just sit there and stew in men. What are you, a party what are you doing pooper. There? Right. What a
2: buzzkill. Anybody who does that, yeah, absolutely I do. And I generally sing off tune for fun.
3: Danny asks, what would be the ingredients in the Amy Lawrence ice cream?
2: I actually just bought a half gallon of Rocky Road when I was at the grocery store on Saturday. I haven't opened it yet. It's I don't don't ask you why. Well, I know why, because it's incentive right now. It's it's a reward for when I work out, yada yada yada. Uh, shoot, what would be my ice cream? Well, I love pretzel pieces. Nice. You ever had an ice cream? So it has to have chocolate ribbon or chocolate chips, probably, because I love chocolate chips. But if I can have chocolate chunks and pretzel, there's gotta be one of those. Is it Chunky Monkey? Some some
3: Ben and Jerry's flavor sounds yeah. familiar like it has. I that. do
2: love pretzel and I seriously do love um, do love chocolate chunks or chocolate chip uh, and marshmallow, which so I'm wow. I, I like stuff in my ice cream. Um, actually, I just made apricot bars on Tuesday, and I was very tempted to open up my ice cream and plop it onto my apricot bar, but I didn't. I just ate the apricot bar with milk.
3: So whenever you do make your ice cream, let me know, and I will definitely buy some of that. <laughs> Robert, see so you think going to speak. Buy of- it? Why would, okay. Or you can give me some. That's fine with me. Yes, I-, I could give you it some. I do like, like Maine
2: blueberry ice cream, too, but that's already taken, so.
3: Robert wants to know, out of all the sporting events you've been to, what's one of or the most exciting endings you've ever seen live?
2: Oh, well, i told this before. First of all, I was at the Super Bowl in Houston when the, the Patriots came back against the Falcons. Uh, but I actually felt bad for the Falcons. Uh, the one that was the most exciting that I've ever seen in person uh, It was actually a NASCAR race at Talladega. But I'll, I'll put that aside for now. I've seen some pretty incredible finishes at Dega. But I was at... Well, it was also in Houston, NRG Stadium. I was at the national championship game in 2016. I think it was when Christian Jenkins hit the buzzer beater for Villanova to beat North Carolina. That ball was coming right after me, right at me. I was on the corner of uh, of the the court, just off the corner of the court, actually, and. The whole stadium erupted. It was like this cacophony of noise. I got hit with flying seat cushions uh, that are coming down from the upper deck. So, yeah, to be there in that moment, it didn't matter if you were media. Because remember at the other end, North Carolina had just hit a big three to uh, put them back in position. So the whole place was thinking overtime, but instead Jenkins nails that buzz meter. It was so online. I knew it from the second he let it go.
3: That's a good one. That's a good one. we yeah. here with a little rapid fire. Only child or oldest of 12?
2: Oh my gosh. Wait, meaning I would want to be? Yeah.
3: Would you rather really be an only child or the nah, oldest of twelve?
2: I'll say oldest of twelve. I like my siblings. Windows open
3: or windows closed?
2: Oh windows open as as much as I possibly can.
3: No internet or no running water?
2: No internet. Praise Jesus, get Ooh. rid of the internet. Just go away.
3: Ghosts or aliens? I like ghosts. Chicken and waffles or biscuits and gravy?
2: I don't eat waffles. I like chicken. Uh, I don't really like gravy, though. Uh, I like brown gravy. People get all upset when I say I like brown gravy. I'll go the chicken and the biscuits, and I'll eat the biscuit and chicken separately. How about that?
3: Last one here. Become as tiny as an ant or as tall as a giraffe?
2: I love giraffes. I'm all about it. I'd like to be really super tall, like Yao Ming. Uh, Alfredo wants to know, if I became the first female football head coach, would I take producer Jay as my assistant? No, I'm just I'm totally joking.
4: I wouldn't
3: be. He he wouldn't
2: leave radio for that. It's after hours on CBS Sports Radio.
4: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.